Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are, we're carrying on in our third, fourth week of this series of Elisha, uh, the man who lived for a cause. And um, as we're going through this series, I, I just believe for profound um, uh, change in our lives, really, and in, and in the church of Jesus Christ as we lay hold of something new in God. So come on, let's open our hearts right now and let's pray and ask God to do a work in us and through us as we come to his word today. Heavenly Father, as we come into your throne room right now with a boldness and a confidence, we come in with great expectation to obtain grace for everything we need to be everything you've called us to be. We lay hold, Lord, of the cause of Christ today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you reveal God's word in us and through us. We thank you for grace to be those who do the word and not just hearers only. And we thank you that by faith, Lord, your will will be done. Your kingdom will come in every situation in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friend, today I'd like us to turn um, in the Bible to uh, 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start to look at some of the little events in Elisha's life, and some of them aren't so little, actually. They're, they're huge. But, but, you know, to begin with, we're just going to go to a couple of verses over in 2 Kings chapter 4. And verse 42, it says this, Then a man came from Baal Shalisha, and he brought Elisha the bread of the first fruits. And it says it's 20 loaves of barley and some new grain in his knapsack. And he said, Will you give it to the people that the people may eat? And his servant said, What? I love that. What? He said, shall I set this small meal? It's only a few loaves. The loaves in those days were like buns, you know, just, just little things. Shall I set this before a hundred men? And he said again, you give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and there shall be leftovers. So he set it before them and they ate and they had some leftover according to the word of of the Lord and everybody said amen. Today I'm excited to be talking about a, a scriptural principle that I speak on every year in Citygate but it's very evident here in the life of Elisha and it was also very evident in the life of Elijah and that is an understanding of first fruits. First fruits in the Bible is something that starts and goes through the whole of the Bible. You find it all over the place. There is a principle in God's word about first fruits. As we end 2020, as we're in the month of praying and fasting, and we're entering into 2021, I believe God wants this year to be a year of incredible harvest. Last week we were crying out, we still are, for the double portion upon our lives. Where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God of Elisha? Where is the God of Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit is poured out and 3,000 people came to Christ and were baptized that day? I believe that God has harvest on his heart for Citygate Church, for every other church in the body of Christ around the world and for this world as a whole, that London would come to Christ. Harvest is in God's heart. It's on God's mind. And first fruits and harvest go hand in hand. And as we enter into this year, I believe that as we honor God with our first fruit offering in just uh, seven days time from now, that God wants to show himself strong in so many ways, but first and foremost, 
with a mighty harvest in Jesus' name. So, I believe as we run this race, we talked about the fact that Elisha is a man who looks forward, he, he doesn't look back, that as we look forwards, it's important that we release our faith and our expectation for harvest in this year. I believe the higher we go as a church, the more Jesus Christ needs to be central. Of course, he always needs to be central, but it seems to me that, you know, as things develop and as great success happens, sometimes people can get their eyes off of Jesus. So today, I'm going to be talking very clearly, quite straight, about a first fruit offering and about the power of offerings in the Bible. But we've always got to understand this, an offering is an expression from our heart because we love God, because we want to give God the glory that is due to his name and because we offer our whole life to God and an offering is one example of how we do that. I believe a first fruit offering, which we're going to be having next Sunday, is an expression of faith. We release our faith in expectation that as we sow seed, we're going to reap a harvest. As we're praying and fasting, this is such an ideal time because as you pray and fast and give, putting those three things together in the Bible, oh, talk about an explosion, talk about supercharging faith. Uh, you know, some of the most amazing things happen when you pray and fast and give. And I don't think it's any coincidence this year that the 31st of January, our first fruit offering day is also the last day of our fast. And it's as if we're going to crown the fast really by, by as we offer to God our first fruit offering that we're saying, God, our faith is with this. Our love is with this. Our passion for Christ is with this. We're going to live for the cause of Christ wholeheartedly for the whole of 2021. So, there is a divine partnership. Let's begin to think about first fruits offerings, but just offerings in general. There is a divine partnership in the word of God. We see that with Elijah, with Elisha, but really with everybody, that God works with people. Now, you know, sadly, there are times when God works or seems to work in spite of people, but God wants to work in partnership with people. He wants to work with our faith, our expectation, our um, abundance. God wants to work with our uh, generosity. Needs are met as we're generous. It's quite, it's quite obvious, really. But also as we sow seed, we're hearing about it in the offerings this month, but as we sow seed, we can reap a harvest. But God works in a partnership with man. Sometimes Almighty God moves first and we respond and there's a partnership. Sometimes man moves first, led by the Holy Spirit, but man moves first, and then Almighty God responds. But either way, it's, it's often God and man. So sometimes, you know, Almighty God does something, and as, as a person responds, so the breakthrough happens. Other times, man does something. They stretch out their hand, they take up their bed, and God, therefore, brings the miracle or brings the breakthrough or causes there to be a transformation. God and man work together. And as a church, we understand these things. As individuals, I know we probably heard this taught so many times now that we say, yeah, Pastor Jay, yeah, yeah, we know this. But you know what? It's important that it goes past that we just know this, that we actually live this. 
So as we go through this today, let's, let's start by understanding what has God done. God, it says in Ephesians, and in the first chapter, verse 3, it says, and I love this verse, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, who has already blessed us. You know what, I've been in so many prayer meetings where people say, oh, please bless us, Lord. Lord, please bless us. And I love to think about Ephesians 1 that says we are already blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. The Amplified, I think, there says, and earthly favour. We're already blessed. And this is, a, this is a whole different type of a mindset. You see, to be blessed now is not something that God does now. It's something he's already done 2,000 years ago. Because of the cross, because Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead, the blessing of the new covenant is in motion. We are already blessed. When you say yes to Jesus, you step into the blessing. You step into the kingdom where the blessing is. I'm not praying, God, will you bless me? I'm saying, thank you, Lord, I'm already blessed. Now will you lead me and guide me as how to walk in the blessing? But we are already blessed. This word to bless, very, very powerful thing. Um, it means to empower you to prosper. It, it actually comes from an expression of your knee where you kneel down in order to serve somebody or to make them greater, to give them something they didn't have before. God has blessed us with everything for life and for godliness. Everything in his kingdom is made available. The table is set. Even in the presence of your enemies, the table is set. God has blessed the church. Now the key is for us to walk in the blessing through understanding and insight. But we're not trying to get God to do something. So as we start this today, it's really important that we understand this. We're not trying to get God to do something. God is not a slot machine. We are putting ourselves in line with something that God has already done. This is what fasting and prayer does. It's what general prayer does. It's what anything of our Christian life is, is us coming into alignment with what has already been provided and that brings a release in our lives. And I want to declare it right at the start of even this sermon today that there is a release coming in Jesus' name. There is a release of the abundance of God and the overflowing abundance of God in our lives. Barns filled and vats overflowing in Jesus' name. Now, in the Bible, there is a first type of a principle. You find the word first so many times. And it means this, first in time and first in priority, which means if something is first in the Bible, it means that we desire it first, it's our first priority, and we do it first, it's the first thing we do. Okay, it means those two things equally. It means we do it first, and it's the most important thing. So first is a pretty important word in the Bible. And there's the law of firsts in the Bible. There's all sorts of principles in the Bible. And one is this whole understanding of first. It is the first thing you do, and the most important thing that you do. It speaks of honour. I began to touch on that a little bit last week about this understanding of honour. 
which we've, we've often lost in our society. People don't understand honor. But honor in the kingdom is really important that we honor God, that we honor people, that we are honorable people. And the first idea in the Bible, this idea of first has to do with honor. If it's first in priority and it's first in time, then we're doing it in a place of honor. I'll give you some examples of some of these firsts. The Bible says that there was a group of people in a church that had left, not lost, left their first love, their first love, their first love, their love for God and love for his kingdom. The Bible says seek first, that's another one, the kingdom of God. But there's this first understanding that we put God first in our priority and in our time. That doesn't mean to say you go to work for eight hours a day, therefore you've got to give God nine hours of the same. No, it doesn't mean that, but it means first in priority and first in time. God is the most important person in our lives. That as we love God first, the Bible says don't leave your first love. Then in the same verse, it says come back and do the first works. I can remember when I first gave my life to Christ. I was so excited about God. I was, I was forgiven. I was redeemed. I was set free. All the old things that held my life down were destroyed. The prison doors were opened. And I can remember, I hadn't been saved but a couple of days, and I went down to the pub that I used to go to down in Green Street Green, not far from here. And I went in there and I stood on the table in the pub and I told everybody what God had done in my life. There was a boldness. Something happened. Something came upon me. It was a boldness. It was a confidence. I must admit, I haven't done that too many times since. You know, there was a boldness. I used to, you know, it was in the days of the tracts that we used to give people to tell them about Jesus and the stickers back in the 80s. Some of you will remember. Some of you will never know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so, and I used to get these stickers and walk up and down Bromley High Street sticking stickers on people that just say, smile, Jesus loves you. And now I think about it, you know what? It was crazy and I didn't lead anybody really to Jesus. It was just zeal and excitement. But you know what? Something had stirred in my life. And even though perhaps that's not the way we do it in 2021, stickers and tracts and all that sort of stuff, a life that shines and a person that does the works of God is certainly going to lead people to Jesus Christ. But anyway, there's this principle of first works. Perhaps we've cooled down a little bit. I'm not saying, come on, let's stick stickers on people, but let's make sure we're doing the works of God. The Bible says that the greater works of God the church is going to be doing. Let's make sure we stir up that expectation of the first works. What else? And I've already quoted this one, Matthew 6. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and all the material stuff will be given to you. Now, I love the fact that the material stuff's going to be given to me. That's awesome. And it actually qualifies it there. It says all the things the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles are seeking the wealth. The Gentiles are seeking the nice houses. The Gentiles are seeking the nice cars. The Gentiles want all the good holidays. That's great. No problem, no criticism of that at all. But the Bible says don't seek those things. Seek 
the kingdom of God first in time and first in priority and God will see to it that he loads you up with the other stuff. I believe in the abundance of God. I believe God wants us to have the nice houses, the nice cars, the nice holidays, all of that. No problem with that at all. As long as we're not seeking those things, we are seeking first and foremost the kingdom of God. And when we seek the kingdom, we're talking about seeking the principles of the kingdom and the king of the kingdom. We're talking about love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and forgiveness. And we live by the principles of God, seeking the advancement of the kingdom, seeking the principles of the kingdom and seeking to hear God's voice in the kingdom. As we seek the kingdom first, all the other stuff, the Bible says God will see to it that all the stuff the Gentiles seek and get really screwed up trying to get through greed or through competition or through jealousy or through stinginess, whatever it is, God will see to it that as we seek the kingdom, then we get the other stuff in Jesus' name. What's the next one? First, bind the strong man. This is talking about like a, a house. It's an example there. Jesus is saying, you know, if you're going to take over a house, you first got to bind the strong man of the house. Bit of a bizarre scripture there, but it's really saying, come on, be spiritual first. If there's a situation in your life, first go to war in the spirit. Now, not everything is a battle in the spirit, but if there's a battle going on in your family, don't first go to Google. Don't first go to the doctor. Nothing wrong with going to the doctors, book your appointment, go. But first go to prayer. First go to war. First go to God's word and declare what God's word says. You see, before I even get into offerings today, we've got to understand the importance of first. First will set the event. You know, the thing we do first will determine the outcome. And if, a, if your house is being invaded, or if you're trying to go and get another situation to take authority, come on, take it to the Spirit. Take it to prayer. Take it to worship. Take it into the realm of the Spirit. Don't be carnal about everything in your life. Be spiritual about it. The Bible says the carnal mind is in enmity with God, and the carnal mind is death. But the spiritual mind that thinks first spiritually, and thinks the thoughts of God, and thinks in line with the God's Word and the Holy Spirit, the spiritual mind is life and peace in every part of our lives. That brings health into your body. It brings abundance into your finances. Come on, first bind the strong man. Don't take the battle to the flesh, to the natural. The Bible says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we do fight in the spirit. So come on, let's be spiritual people this year. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not ashamed to say, come on, Citygate, let's be a spiritual church. Not so spiritual that we're no earthly good, but come on, let's set our minds on things above. Let's pray in tongues. Let's go to war. Let's bind the principalities and powers. Let's trample on serpents and scorpions. Let's declare the word of God. Let's resist the devil and he will flee from us. Because you know what? If you bind the strong man, you can spoil his house. That's what the Bible says. What else in first? The Bible says, first, take the log out of your own eye before you then help somebody else to remove the speck out of theirs. First in time, first in priority. It's not wrong to be pointing out specks or be helping to, to remove specks in other people's eyes. Not wrong at all. But first, take the log out of your own eye. Make sure you deal with yourself first before you deal with other people. First, take the log out. 
The Bible says, don't try and clean the outside of a person. This is Matthew chapter 23. Don't try and clean the outside of a person first. Clean the inside by the word of God and by prayer and by the Holy Spirit and the outside will clean up. When I first gave my life to Christ, a lot of you will know this, I had these huge earrings and sometimes safety pins, other times these huge earrings that used to dangle down. I used to put on eyeliner, I used to wear the bondage gear and orange spiked up hair sometimes and all that sort of stuff. And then I gave my life to Christ in that state. In that state, I gave my life to Christ, went to church the next day, nobody criticized me. Nobody said, take that earring out or take out, you know, change your hair or, or you need to change the, the stuff because some of my clothes were quite offensive. Nobody said, come on, you got to clean up on the outside. Everybody just opened their arms to me and said, congratulations, there's a celebration going on in heaven. But you know what? It didn't take long and I took the earrings out. Didn't take long and I changed the, well, Actually, the eyeliner went that night, but um, it didn't take long and, and the clothes changed and, and the attitude and the frown that I always had on my face went. Why? Clean the inside first and the outside will clean up. You see, all religion tries to do is clean the outside. Can't do anything with the inside, so it just majors on the outside. But Christianity in a relationship with God cleans the inside and that affects every part of your life. What else? The Bible says if somebody has something against you or if you have something against them, it says before you give an offering, this is in Matthew chapter 5, before you give an offering, leave your offering in your bag, on the seat, wherever. First go and be restored with your brother or your sister. You see, Love is vital. How we relate with people affects everything. Why does it say before you give an offering? Why? Because an offering is supposed to be under the anointing of God, seed sowed in the ground to produce a harvest. If you give and the anointing's being grieved, the Holy Spirit's being grieved, it's seed in a bucket, it's a bank transfer, but there's no harvest from that thing. Why? Because it's not sown in love and, in, and under the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So it's really important. The Bible says, first be uh, reconciled with your brother. Make sure you deal with your relationships. That you can do. You can't determine what somebody else is going to do, forgive or, or you know, allow you to speak to them or whatever. You do what you have to do in order to know that you are right with God and you're right in God's love in your own life. And the last one there is first, the Bible says on the first day of a week, you bring your offerings. First Corinthians chapter 16, first day of the week. Why? Because first in time and priority. This is our first thought. This is something that we do. Why? Because there's a principle in God's word. Romans chapter 11, verse 16 says this, for if the first fruit, which is the first time the crop comes up, the first bit of crop that comes up, you grab it and you offer it to God. That's what it means, first fruit. It's not after all the harvest is up and you take it and you give it to God. That's the tithe or the offering. But the first fruit is the first bit that grows up or the first lamb that's born or whatever it is back in their days. The first bit that comes up, you grab it quickly and you give it to God. It says this, if the first fruit is given to God and is holy and has God's presence upon it, then the whole harvest 
is going to be touched by God. If the first fruit is holy, the lump is holy. It's saying if the first is given to God and is holy, that determines the state of everything else. Why do we do a first fruits offering in January? And the first part of the year from our first wage packet, it's because I want the hand of God to be on the other 11 for the rest of the year. And not just on the wage packet, but on everything I sow, great harvest for the rest of the year. As we honor God with the first, so we are determining that the whole lump, the whole year has the hand of God upon it. God loves offerings. In the Bible, from Genesis all the way through, God turns up in offerings. He turns up. When somebody gives an offering, God's there like a shot. The fire falls. God's presence is released. God comes and says, what do you want? Why? Because an offering where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. When you offer in joy and in love, not under compulsion, not, you know, the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. And the Amplified there says God is unwilling to do without a cheerful giver. God is committed. God loves, the Bible says, those who give out the abundance of their heart. It's not about an amount. It's about an attitude. It's about the attitude of honor. God loves the environment of honor and faith and offerings. So let's just think about some offerings here and some examples of giving in the Bible. The first is the tithe, T-I-T-H-E, the tithe. And that is a Hebrew word which means 10%. I'm going to make it really clear here. The Bible teaches that we tithe. It was not just law. It was before the law. It was actually all the way over in the book, in the Garden of Eden. The same word there used about you are to tend this tree, but not eat of this tree. And if you do, it's a Hebrew word which means cursed to man, but holy to God. It's used of the tithe. It's an expression that you're to take care of this, but if you eat of it, it's, it isn't going to go well for you. All the way through up until the law came into being with Exodus chapter 19 and on from there. Tithing was under the law. Absolutely it was. But Abram tithed with the high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, um, which is actually Jesus Christ. But, but he tithed. That was nothing to do with the law. It was because God turned up and said, you're blessed, Abram. I'm the possessor of heaven and earth. I want you to share in that with me. And Abram said, I give a tithe. It was a relational thing and it still is today. Please don't get into this thing, well, it's under the law and now we're not under the law. It was under the law, but it didn't start with the law. It started with the announcement of the new covenant in the Old Testament with Abraham and with the heart of God. People tithed before the law. The law came in, tithing was included in it. The law is now obsolete and tithing is still vital. Why? Because it says if the, if the first fruit, if the first bit is holy, if the 10%, not that that's the first fruit, but if the 10% is holy, everything else is going to be holy. When I tithe, I'm not saying this 10% belongs to God and 90% belongs to me. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying with this 10%, Everything I have belongs to you, God. And in response, the Bible says this, that everything that God has is made available to me just by being a tither. I hear so many times people saying, I can't afford to tithe. Friends, you can't afford not to tithe. To tithe under the law opened the windows of heaven. 
Now the windows of heaven are not opened by the tithe, they've been opened by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we need to walk in the blessing of God. And as we tithe, we're saying, God, everything I have belongs to you. And God says, I love this, everything I have belongs to you. It's not law, it's grace. But it's still a response that we have. So the tithe is really, really important. Let's position ourselves for connection with God through the tithe. How else do we give? We give with offerings. This is faith seed. This is offerings for all sorts of different stuff. We give on a Sunday. We give to the poor. All sorts of offerings that we give. We, we offer to support somebody else. We, we give towards the vision of the church. We give, you know, to, to things in the world. All sorts of things. We offer. And a part of that is saying, God, I love you and I'm supporting your work. That's the offering. It's faith seed and it's a partnership with a vision. Let's position ourselves this year for harvest. Seed determines harvest. You sow your best, you'll reap the best. You sow grudgingly, you'll reap grudgingly. You sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. The Bible teaches these things. The third way that we give, and it is separate, is our first fruit offering. There's the tithe, there's offerings, then there's the first fruit offering. People often say the tithe and first fruits. They are very different. The tithe was given to God or returns to God at the end of the harvest because it's 10%. How do you know what 10% is till you've had in all the harvest? So you reap all the harvest, then you divide it up and say, there's 10% that belongs to God. First fruits is given at the beginning of the harvest. It's the first lamb. It's the first I don't know, field to produce the corn out of the 10 fields you've got. It's the first, but the tithe is at the end. First fruits is first. It's first in time and it's first in priority. And what first fruits does, it's a way for us to focus our faith for the hand of God to be on everything we do this year, not just financially, but in every area of our lives. You see, Abel understood this. The Bible says he gave a first, the first of the lambs, the first, it was the first fruit, <clears throat> and God received it. But for Cain, his brother, the Bible says at the end of the harvest, he gathered up what was left over and gave that to God. So Abel's was a first thought, Cain's was an afterthought. And the Bible says God didn't receive Cain's. In my life, I don't want God to be an afterthought. I don't want my offerings to be an afterthought after I've bought my coffees, after I've paid for my, my entertainment and my TV, after I've had the meals out, after I've bought the handbags and the clothes. I'm not I buy handbags, but I'm trying to be inclusive here. The, the clothes that I want or the 400th pair of shoes or whatever it is or the 50th tie or whatever it is. And then at the end, if I've got something left in January, well, I'll honor God with that. No, come on, we don't do that. We are honoring. We're people who say, no, first in time, first in priority. Nothing wrong with having the 400th pair of shoes or the whatever else, as long as we're seeking first. There it is again, the kingdom of God. So many times in the Bible, God honored firsts. We have one with Elisha here. It says they brought of the first fruits and it was like the feeding of the 5,000. It was 100, but it was the same type of thing. God moved in the most amazing way and fed those hundred people. Why? Because a first fruit was given. Elijah himself, 
when he experienced the woman uh, who didn't have anything, he said, first make a cake for me. And it was a first. It was that, okay, I'll do this as a priority. And the Bible says the jar of oil didn't run dry and the bin of flour didn't ever cease to be filled. Why? Because there's an understanding of first. Let's get to first fruits today, shall we? Proverbs 3 verse 9 says this, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. For us, we don't have physical harvests. We don't sow seed in the ground out in a field somewhere. Even if you have an allotment, you're probably not a farmer today. But what we do do is we earn. We have salaries, whether we're self-employed or whatever, and we work by calendar years. So for us, this is a great time for us to focus our faith today and say, you know what, January of the first of this year, we're going to honor God. And what does it say? So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Honor wants to give for no other reason than to give glory, to exalt, to honor the one that we want to honor. And yet the promise is this, barns will be filled and vats will overflow. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. As we honor God financially with our first fruit next Sunday, our heart is going into this. We've got a system designed that we can still pray with everybody. I know we've got to be socially distanced. We're going to do this online and um, all that information's being emailed out to everybody so we can all have a time of personal one-on-one -on -one prayer with somebody like we normally would have up here. We'd normally have 10 or so stations up here and people give and we anoint with oil and we lay hands on people. We can't do any of that because of social distancing and because of the virus and because of masks and everything else we can't do that but we're still going to honor God with our first fruits we're still going to pray with everybody family by family we're going to make this happen so please you need to go online you need to book your time slot or whatever all the information is there why because we want this to count we want to stand with you for your barns filled and your vats overflowing as we go into 2021, perhaps you're going in and you need a miracle. Perhaps you're going through this year, you've come out of 2020 and you're saying, unless God breaks through, I'm sunk. Well, praise God. This isn't about an amount of money. Come on, let's do our best. Absolutely. Let's first in time, first in priority. Let's not do this as an afterthought, but don't be embarrassed about what you're going to give today or or next Sunday. Don't be embarrassed about it. God looks at the heart. He looks at the attitude. He looks at the faith in Jesus' name. Give your best in faith, in amount, of course, but, but this is more, you know, it says that the Lord was at the offering bucket and all these people were giving in out of their abundance and one lady gave everything she had and God said she's given more. Why? It was an attitude. So let's not under give if you understand let's not just you know throw something in the bucket as a tip it's not what I'm talking about but it's the attitude of the heart it's an attitude of honor first fruit is a powerful link to the abundance and the supernatural power of God barns filled supernaturally 
Vats overflowing supernaturally. Let's go through this year saying, wow, look what God has done. Look how God broke through. Wow, I lost my job and look, I've got a far better one with a wage rise. Come on, let's believe God in Jesus' name for barns filled and vats overflowing. First fruits is an offering that brings breakthrough in every area of life. First and foremost, church, let's believe God for barns filled of people coming to Christ. That's overflowing of the double portion, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. God's glory and God's grace and the power of God flooding out of Citygate and every other church. But as we honor God here, come on, our barns filled, our vats overflowing with joy. As I've been here over the last few weeks, just really praying, I keep declaring it out, the oil of joy flooding in Jesus' name. When's the last time you jumped for joy? When's the last time you shouted for joy? Come on, don't allow heaviness to oppress your life. Don't allow these things to squash you down instead of heaviness. Come on, the oil of joy and the garments of praise. It's time to shout again. It's time to spin around, the Bible says, under a violent emotion. It's time to clap. It's time to leap and dance and shout under the oil of joy. Oh, well, until I feel it, I can't do it. No, that's not the case. Come on, unblock the dams of upset or regret or financial pressure and let the river of joy flood out again. This and first fruits, what an awesome opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to rejoice this year and I'm going to see God's joy, God's love, God's power flow out in Jesus' name. And first fruits is about giving a high level of honour to God. Wow, honour God first. Barns filled, vats overflowing. I'm out of time today. I've really, I've really got to stop, but I'm excited about this. We've been doing this for over 20 years as a church. It's historically the time of great breakthrough. Most amazing things happening. And we're believing God and we will pray with you and we'll believe God for this year to be the greatest yet. Come on, let's be like Elisha. When the guy said, really, is that what you're going to do? This isn't going to do anything, is it? There will always be the critics. There will always be the ones who don't believe. But you know what? Elisha said it again. Do what I say. Give this to the people. Set it out there and there'll be more than enough. I'm going to be speaking next Sunday on the God of more than enough as we look at the oil situation that Elisha had and she had oil and she had to go and get some. She said, all I've got is some oil. You know what? Perhaps all you've got is this first fruit offering. Come on, let's believe God that God is going to show himself strong in Jesus' name. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you. Lord, that we embrace this. Holy Spirit, thank you that you've spoken to us today. And Father, I do pray, Lord, that we will honour you as a church. We cried out last week for the double portion, for the double anointing, as it were, upon our lives. And Father, today we want to respond to that even by honouring you with the first fruits of all, our, all of our increase. Whatever that means to us individually or as families, Lord, as a church, we honour you. And we declare it and we believe it and receive it. Barns filled and vats overflowing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know what? God is a good God. He's a God of abundance. But the first 
place that he really wants us to know his goodness. We've talked about offerings today. We've talked about finances. We've talked about jobs and things and houses and cars. But you know what? All of that really, as I said earlier, seek first the kingdom. Everything else will be added to you. And the kingdom of God is saying, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. So friend, I'm going to ask you today, are you going to receive Jesus Christ as Lord? Do you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Come on, invite him into your life. Pray the prayer that we're just about to pray out of your mouth, from your heart, with conviction on the inside to receive Jesus Christ as Lord. Why don't you pray with me now? Let's pray together. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending your son to die on a cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you now as my Lord, my Savior, and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived, and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, you're now in the family of God. Almighty God is your heavenly Father. You've been born again, the Bible says. I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible and to, and to get into God's Word and, and to join a church. If you're anywhere near Citygate Church, we'd love to see you. But there's a local church in your area which is just right for you. It's a right fit, like a hand in a glove. Uh, find a church that loves God words, God's Word, that loves people, that rejoices exuberantly and is really passionate about the Kingdom of God, that aren't full of the rules and the rituals and the, and the you know, but has got a heart of grace and a heart of faith towards God and towards people. God bless you, friend. I'll see you next week. Next week, first fruit offering. Come on, stir your faith and we'll have an amazing breakthrough day. God bless you and I'll see you next week.